What's new? What's going on? Happy belated birthday. Thank you. In, in I... our time. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, huh? Because it'll be like a week later. Yeah. Mm, thank you. How was it? I'm. It was good. I took the day off from work because I hate working on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever told you about my like chronic health condition. Have I ever told you about this? I think some, yeah. Like my how my esophagus is always yes. inflamed. Yeah. And it, like, sometimes makes me really tired, have chest pains, uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, short of breath. And so that has been really active the last week, so, and that was happening a lot yesterday, so I was kind of just nursing exhausted yeah (laughs) like laying down but at least i was off and i got to watch some real housewives and i played some legend of zelda and here i am sounds great yeah how are you i'm doing fine um really not a lot of time i felt like time went really fast this week but oh good i'm glad it's over just watched a bunch of i watched a lot of summer house Oh, yay. What season are you on now? We're, we just started season five, so the last season that just came out. Wait, I'm sorry. There's five seasons of Summer House? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't... I was thinking, like, the most recent one was season three or something, but wow. Oh, I no. I have watched five seasons of Summer House. Okay. I mean, I watched it in, like, a few weeks, so that's pretty pretty good for me. I, I'm really happy <laughs> that you finally did it, because it's it's pretty good Bravo gold. It is. It is. I I kind of hate a lot of the people. I'm shocked by actually coming around on some of them a little bit. Are you coming around on Carl? Oh, no, no. I, (laughs) yeah, terrible boyfriend, not a really great friend to women, for sure. No, yeah. Um, And the one thing I have to say about the show that hasn't gone away that I still hate about it, that I have a little bit of a hard time with, is the, the guys in the house sort of have this attitude when one of them does something wrong mm-hmm. like oh wait wait i'll tell you how to lie your way out of this one you know oh hmm interesting i get the vibe that like like last season i just watched the ending of season four you know the introduction of luke into the house yes you know he is fighting with all the girls towards the end of the season because they don't like the way she treats hannah and yada yada whatever and <laughs> he is refusing to apologize until carl takes him aside and is like Basically, trust me, I've been in your place. You just kind of have to say you're sorry and just right. do it and just yeah. like not mean it. And then he goes <laughs> just and say it. Yeah. And then he goes and makes this like sincere sounding apology so easily. I'm like, wow, you're really slime. It, it's the lie is so easy. Well, and it's, and it's so they're going to watch it on national television. So yeah. yeah. And well, my, my main frustration also is I can't find the reunions anywhere except for season five's reunion. So I've not seen one oof. single Summer House reunion. Well, there wasn't one for season one. So mm-hmm. at least you're not missing that one. Okay. So you're really only missing three of them. That's it. That's my big week. Summer House. Summer House. Okay, so you're <laughs> on the current season. I'll be. This is the one where they're all living together because of COVID. Correct. We just watched the first episode of it last night. Oh, and I said we because Davey, of course, resisted at first and saw me watching episodes of it midway through and suddenly Mm -hmm. was like oh i I guess i I kind of want to watch watch this this. yeah (laughs) (laughs) he calls it uh rich white kids having problems very much that yes Mm, yeah 
<laughs> okay, I have mul- many things to bring up. I will try to get through them as quick as I can. I'm excited. Are you ready? I love things. Item number one. I started and finished WandaVision. Ooh, okay. Thoughts? I was really enjoying it at first. Uh-huh. I really liked the like show within a show premise. Of course, I love Bewitched and mm-hmm. I love Lucy and all those shows. So I l- was loving the first couple episodes. And then I was like, oh, cute. They're like going through each decade. Fun, fun, fun. And then it just turned into the typical superhero explosion movie for the last couple of episodes and tried to shoehorn in Agnes's character in a way that was like not interesting and I didn't like her character Ah. after that um and I yeah so started off great ended a flop for me oh wow okay well yeah agree to disagree great (laughs) but wasn't Agnes's acting oh so good like to play the role that she had to play so well throughout the whole thing and then i thought that was very tricky acting and i thought it was very well done i have to say okay well i will say maybe i am a bit influenced by when wandavision was like really like newly out and everybody was talking about it i Mm -hmm. saw like endless memes of agnes like winking and i saw her like cackling when she says like and (laughs) i killed sparky too yeah so i kind of knew that she was going to end up a villain yeah, and so I that could too. have ruined some of it for me. I did too. I I had assumed she was going to have to be a villain. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I read, okay, interesting. I'm glad you watched it though. Yes. Um, item number two: Garbage's new album came out yesterday on my birthday. I saw that. I haven't heard it. Is it good? It's good. It, there's a couple songs that I'm like, nah, I don't like that. But okay. I feel like that's typical of any album, really. Um, it sounds a lot like their first album to me, but like a really political version of their first album. Okay, I'm not familiar with anything past Garbage's second commercial album. Oh, okay. If I wanted to get into more current Garbage, would you have an album you'd recommend or a song to kind of like see what they're up to now? I could create a playlist for you of what I think are the like standouts from each of the albums after version 2.0. Look how cute you are. That's I would so do that generous. for you if you wanted. I'm kind of curious. Well, if you want to do that, you can. If you want to just give me suggestions, you can do that too. But I'm curious. So okay. I kind of want to hear what they're all about now because you're going to be seeing them with Linus Morissette, right? Yes, and Liz Fair. Oh, I'm dying. I really want to know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is funny because Alanis Morissette, I literally don't know more than like three of her singles. Oh, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> Um, item number three, Real Housewives of Atlanta news. Sheree is coming back for season 14. <gasps> really? Yeah. I just had to share that because I was excited. I know how much we both love Sheree. I do, did you hear who might be coming back to OC? Tamara and Heather. Yes. I will yeah. only take Tamara back if Heather Debro comes too. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Yeah. Don't bring Tamara back if you're not going to give me Heather as well. No. Number four, Sailor Moon. There is a new like Netflix movie. I saw that. Did you? Okay. I started it. Okay. (laughs) And it's not great. Oh, I I was worried about that because Hulu came out with Sailor Moon Crystal. Yeah. I guess they didn't. I don't know if it's a Hulu thing, but it's basically like an enhanced version of the original cartoon, I think. It's just like nicer looking. Yeah. Um, and I like that, but when I looked at what I saw, I, I put the, you know, cursor over the Sailor Moon mm-hmm. thing so I could watch the little trailer thingy. Yeah. 
And I was like, I don't really know exactly if I'm going to watch that. I don't want to yeah, ruin it for me. It was weird. Like, m- maybe I o- mainly love Sailor Moon because of the nostalgia of it being from my childhood. I think it has to be. Because I when I rewatched Sailor Moon... It wasn't great. I mean, I love it still. But it's... Yeah. it's very obnoxious. Yes. <laughs> In a and way the other say, anime isn't. <laughs> you know how the little pink one is actually Sailor Moon's daughter? Yeah. With Tuxedo Mask? Yeah. In the Netflix movie, there's literally a scene where the little pink one talks about how she, like, is kind of in love with Tuxedo Mask, but she knows he's her dad, so she can't be in love with him. And I thought that was really creepy. <laughs> they do weird things on that show, though. Okay, well, hmm. Item number five, there is a new He-Man coming out. Mm-hmm. You have mentioned this. The trailer is out. <gasps> you should watch it. Okay. And I loved the trailer because they, um, the music for it is Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like that superimposed with like a new He-Man was like the campiest thing I had ever seen in my life. And I loved it. So I can't wait to watch it. I don't think songs have enough like very loud percussive sound effects anymore. Agreed. Like the two that come to mind right now is I Need a Hero, of course. Yeah. Because when she does that raspy scream of I need a hero, mm-hmm. and then there's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like my and favorite. all the do, 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 do. Oh my God. And then the other one is, of course, Total Eclipse of the Heart with the lightning Ugh, and the thunder. Yes. Great. That is like one of my favorites. Love it. And you were the one who turned me on to the literal video. I think so. That's the right? best. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I only have one recommendation this week. Kay. We watched recently The Lighthouse, which I think came out last year. Okay. With Robert Pattinson and, ooh, I'm forgetting the actor's name and he's super famous. Um, Okay, it's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay. And it's mostly the two of them through the whole movie. It's really atmospheric. I feel like Mm. I use that word a lot, but it's (laughs) kind of shot like an old noir film. Oh, okay. And it's in black and white. Um, it's very like moody. It's very symbolic, and there's a lot of different things. Like it's the kind of movie you finish watching and you want to look it up and see what everything meant in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, but it has a really mm-hmm. good storyline. It's a little surreal in there, and also like a little harkening back to classic films. Hmm. Really, really interesting. Good. Fine, nice. Thank you. Did you know that when filming The Birds, Alfred Hitchcock was like a massive dick to uh, the actress in that movie? I've heard like. Horror a lot of stories. horror stories yeah, yeah. which is so oh my god upsetting. speaking of which i recently read an article that on game of thrones i don't did you finish game of thrones yeah okay there's an episode where one of the like nuns um cersei is like waterboarding her uh-huh it was she was actually like being waterboarded <gasps> like she talks about how it caused ptsd and <gasps> she's terrified of water and she's had to go to therapy <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. And it was like this article that like accompanied all the other horrific things that uh were done to like the women actors oh in the god. Game of Thrones series. Yikes. Yeah. Wheel of Time, don't do it. Don't do it, Wheel of Time. <laughs> Not worth it. Okay. Speaking of Wheel of Time. Welcome to Cool Let's Story. <laughs> yeah. I'm Matt. Oh, I'm in. And here we are. We're reading through the oh, Wheel of Time series. We're on book three, The Dragon Reborn approaching the end of the book honestly i i think i counted about 120 pages left in mine okay shall we begin let's do it let's do it it's called a hunter's oath and the symbol for it is the wolf so we know we're in 
probably Perrin world, which we are. Mm-hmm. And he is on the Snow Goose on that ship. And that just sounds to me like a Nordic vodka company, Snow Goose. Snow Goose, it's so cute. I don't right? know why I love that so much. I like it. It sounds like something, the kind of like alcohol, the kind of vodka you drink in one of those ice rooms that the housewives mm, go to. Yes. <laughs> so they're sailing on sail away sail away (laughs) and it's the nastiest nastiest weather um it sounds super humid and hazy and there's a strong wind at times but it just blows around the hot air (sighs) kind of like right now in my room (laughs) (laughs) honestly i was just thinking kind of like it it is right now nightmare um i hate being hot i hate being hot and sweaty yeah when i would work at starbucks if i was starting to get like physically hot or sweating watch your attitude get away from me get away from me (laughs) and in addition to the physical atmosphere the atmosphere in general the vibe it's it's off it's bad (laughs) bad vibes bad vibes only (laughs) um moraine has had more time to speak with fail who perrin by the way refuses to acknowledge as fail he's only using zareen and Mm -hmm. you know i get it you know you're trying to avoid the min visions but that is not cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when someone tells you their name and says that's how to address them you respectfully do it perrin good call get on get on board yes and side note fail really gives me like tough vibes from avatar like her attitude oh interesting okay like you know how i imagine cartoon characters sometimes when i first meet the characters I say? yeah because you can't picture them as real people until you uh like really... have more information exactly yeah. that's who i kind of picture the attitude to be like did you ever watch um, Queen of the South, the TV show? No, I've never heard of it. Okay. Um, it's a TV show about a woman from Sinaloa, Mexico, and uh, she ends up like kind of being a target for from the drug cartel and then ends up sort of like running her own cartel and all of that. There's a woman in that show. Her name is Veronica, I think it's Falcone is how her last name is pronounced. Okay. And she is a phenomenal actor and um love her character on the show and she is she's uh too old to play fail at this point because she's i think in her like 50s and fail is supposed to be like 18 19 okay but like her young i think would have been perfect for fail so you have to look up pictures of her yeah remind me the name because i will forget so Moraine has spoken more with Fayil aboard the boat and she has shared with her like everything she told Perrin basically she's very gabby like me (laughs) maureen is sort of unbothered that she you know has been discovered as Aes Sedai, but she's more annoyed that perrin kept that fact from her yes and the fact that fail wants to follow them to the horn that's like her goal not the fact that she's hunting for the horn but that she expects them to take her there is worrying her Mm -hmm. and she's super mad at perrin that for keeping it from her as well so it's tense. Very, very tense. <laughs> Lan is kind of staying out of it at the edge of the boat and kind of like smiling off. And Perrin is remembering hearing like a little interaction between he and Moraine where he was like eavesdropping, much like the boys always do. However, yep. I think Perrin is having some sort of like super wolf hearing because throughout yeah. the chapter, he's hearing things from far away. Yes. And he, in the conversation, Lan is like teasing Moraine about her threats to send them to Mirel. But... Moraine is like a little bit more on edge than usual. Yeah. She's not playful in any of these interactions <laughs> at all. 
And Loyal also is kind of staying out of it. He's staying down in his room most of the time. And now everyone on board knows that Moraine is Aes Sedai. It's a really weird situation. No one's talking to each other. <laughs> Everybody knows Moraine's Aes Sedai. Everybody knows that she's kind of miffed. And so everyone's kind of just like, okay, here we go. So and Loyal's <laughs> like, did anyone try the chicken? <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, if Elaine thinks things are uh, uncomfortable for her. Yes, this between Nynaeve and Egwene. Forget it. So the boat begins approaching Ilion, and RJ describes it, saying, quote, the city the ship was approaching was large, as big as Carrion or Camelin, the only two great cities he had ever seen, and it reared out of a huge marsh that stretched for miles like a plain of waving grass. Ilion okay. had... Go ahead. I need to interrupt, but in the middle of your quote, I want listeners to see if they agree with me. Perrin mm. says the only great cities he has seen are Camelin and Carrion, but he has been to Faldara, he's been oh. to Tanchico, he's been to, granted it's ruins, but he's been to Shadar Logoth. Um, I think that might be it. But I could think of three examples. Granted, like, you know, Shadar Logoth is in ruins, Faldara, like, maybe it's more of a fortress than, like, a great city, mm. and Falm, or Tanchico, he was kind of, like, in the battle outside of it. But I feel like he went into um, Tanchico a little bit when they were trying to find the horn. But maybe, at, yeah. At the very least, Faldara. Yeah. So well, I was kind of like, huh, when I read that. Maybe Perrin doesn't think they were so great. Yeah, I guess not. He's got very <laughs> high standards for big cities, apparently. Apparently. Um, unlike other cities, uh, the quote goes on to say, Ilion had no walls at all, but it seemed to be all towers and palaces. The buildings were all pale stone, except for some that appeared covered with white plaster. But the stone was white and gray and reddish and even faint shades of green. Rooftops of tiles sparkled under the sun with a hundred different hues. So they arrive in this town at the docks, and the captain says it was an honor to have served the Aes Sedai, which makes Moraine uncomfortable, and she like awkwardly was like, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> and uh, they all get off with their horses, and Loyal notes that he was busy taking notes. <laughs> he was taking notes of the adventure, and I w it's like, if they make this like at the end of this whole series that this is Loyal's book... I don't mm -hmm. know how I'm going to feel about that. Okay. But um, he's taking notes of this adventure. Loyal's noticing that Moraine seems very preoccupied. So Perrin's not the only one noticing that something's off. Mm -hmm. Perrin's feeling good at first because he's so far from the reach of the wolves on this, like, island, I guess, of Ilion. It's mm -hmm. not an island. I guess it's around all, all around, right? It's not an island. No, it's just oh. a big coastal city. It's oh, kind I of like... It was, like in the middle of a marsh. I kind of think it's supposed to be similar to, like, either Italy or maybe Spain. Oh, okay. Like a peninsula? Sure. Like a, what do you call that? An ith ith no, I don't know ith the word. Isth is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I'm really bad at that word. So Perrin's feeling good here because he, he isn't being really reached by the wolves, and he's kind of been free of them for a little while. He's had a few dreams where he sees Hopper, but mm -hmm. in these, Hopper chases him away, saying he's too young adorable yeah but i have a feeling it's probably not adorable um <laughs> i love the wolf dreams though i was thinking when this happened i wonder if this has anything to do with the dream that Egwene had previously where she mm. saw perrin like stepping off of a ledge and saying he he has to fly or something right so i wonder if this is saying like you know perrin's too young in his wolf brotherdom to be doing things in teleron riyadh and maybe he's like takes a step he's not ready for or something i don't know okay that's my theory with that vision now mm. 
He also notes that Zareen looks at him like, quote, he'd look at a tool he's never seen before, trying to puzzle out how it was made and what it's supposed to be used for. Which is very suspicious, Zareen. Okay? <laughs> Back off. I like you. Moraine is like, okay, Zareen. And she goes, it's Fail. And she's like, okay, Zareen. So, um... <laughs> It's time for you to go. We're here. Thank you so much. It's been nice. See you later. And she's like, no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to keep following you. And I know that you won't do anything about it because you're an Aes Sedai. And I know a little about you guys. And um, I don't think the warder is going to fight me either. Mm-hmm. And I'm Fail. <laughs> and Moraine is like, okay, Falcon. <laughs> and you're sure we won't do anything, huh? You think you know, <laughs> but you have no idea. <laughs> this is the diary of Moraine Sedai. <laughs> and Lan is like, are you sure you're sure enough about this to risk going with us and following? Just, are you sure? And Perrin finds himself like, leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. And he can't really explain why, what's come over him. It's called a little crush. And Moraine stands up straight and says, if you wish to go with us, this is what you must do. You will swear by your hunter's oath to do as I say, to heed me, and to not leave us. Once you know more than you should of what we do, I will not allow you to fall into the wrong hands. Know that for truth, girl. You will swear to act as one of us and do nothing that will endanger our purpose. You will ask no questions of where we go or why. You will be satisfied with what I choose to tell you. All of this you will swear, or you will remain here in Ilion, and you will not leave this marsh until I return to release you, if it takes the rest of your life. That I swear. Ooh, damn. I know, damn, I was right. So now we know why Maureen's been so quiet and, well, part of why she's been so quiet and contemplative is because she's come up with this plan. Mm -hmm. And Zareen, or Fail, says, okay, you know, so if I swear that I can, like, be one of you guys (laughs) and, like, I just can't ask any questions, that's it? And Maureen's kind of like, mm-hmm. And she's like, do the others get to ask questions or, you know? And Maureen's like looking at her like, this is not Shark Tank. This is not a uh, negotiation. No. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, I swear by my hunter's oath, which binds me to both. So now she says that her hunter's oath she had already sworn is bound to this oath to Maureen. So if one is broken, they both are. And Maureen touches her forehead and it says that she feels a shiver go through her body and she's like, okay, you're in. Perrin, she's your job now. <laughs> and they both object to hit this, both Perrin and, and Fail. Fail's like, of course, I'm nobody's responsibility. And Perrin's like, I second that emotion. <laughs> and uh, Moraine basically says, listen, Perrin, we found the falcon from Minstreams. And she calls Perrin to Varen out loud in front of everybody. And she says, you know, basically, despite my attempts to shake her from our path, she's not leaving you. So she's tethered to you now, and she's your responsibility. And let me just let you guys know that if she goes against the pattern, I will snip her thread, and I will snip <laughs> yours too if you oppose. She's got some strong words in this chapter. I know. I was like, you're just going to snip the thread from the pattern. Look at you. Also, I know I asked this last week or the week before. The saying is, you get what you get, or... And you don't get upset. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Okay, God, I can't, I don't know why I, my brain can't hold on to that, but that was very much her tone when she was talking to Fael in this basically, chapter. Basically, I think I've heard it so much as a child, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Fael asks Perrin a bunch of questions after this interaction, 
And Perrin's like, didn't you hear? No questions. And by the way, he tells her, my name is Perrin, so no more big man, no more blacksmith. (laughs) I'm Perrin, if you're here. And she's like, okay, fine. And my name's Fail, shaggy hair. (laughs) And it says that he, like, kind of snarls. And I've noticed that all of the verbiage and, like, adjectives around Perrin are, like, things like snarls or growls, very Mm. wolf-like. So, I just like that little detail. And she doesn't have a horse yet, so I think she's on Perrin's with his from how I'm reading it. And she has to throw her hands around him at one point because the horse bucks with Perrin. Oh, no. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> Save me. I'm so delicate now all oh, of a sudden. I just have to grab onto your abs. Uh-huh. And Perrin notices that when this happens, it makes her smile. And that's the end of my chapter. Cute. Cute. Well, chapter 42... Is called Easing the Badger, which sounds like a sex thing to it me. really does. The sigil for this chapter is the Dragon's Fang, which means dark friends or badness. Mm. And we're still with Perrin and the crew in Ilion. And I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, as I was writing my notes, I think Ilion is supposed to be like Italy because they describe like canals with people on like little boats and stuff that sounds mm. like Venice to me. Okay. So that's how I'm choosing to picture it anyway. We see a huge palace and kind of like across the, I don't, not courtyard, but maybe like promenade. Sure. (laughs) One of those words. Um, We see it's like almost mirror image, but as Perrin is looking at it in greater detail, he sees that it's like just a little bit smaller in every dimension. Each of the towers is a little bit shorter. And Zareen tells him that the large one is the king's palace and the slightly smaller mirror version of it is the great hall of the council of nine and apparently the king had said to the council of nine you can have any palace you wish as long as it's not bigger than my palace so they like in probably what is the pettiest thing i've ever heard they (laughs) recreated it exactly but just a fraction smaller in each dimension i was literally gonna say that is 100 percent my level of petty yes (laughs) So she says, I think I will end up teaching you so much, no one will notice the hay in your hair. And Perrin is annoyed and thinks to himself, he does not want a falcon on his shoulder, even if she is pretty. And he notices that Loyal is feeling a little funky. And at first he's kind of thinking maybe it's because, you know, he's worried about other Ogier being, from from his steading, being in Ilion and, you know, finding him and him having to go back to his steading. Because as we know, he kind of skedaddled before he was supposed to. Bad boy. So he comments to Perrin that he doesn't like this place. And just then... Moraine rides close to Lan and speaks pretty softly, but Perrin, with his little wolf ears, hears her say, something is wrong in this city, and Lan nods. Mm. So Perrin starts to kind of like feel an itch between his shoulders and is like, what is everybody else seeing that I'm not seeing? But then he notices the people around him, and he starts to see that they have grimaces on their faces, that they look like they're on the point of snarling or biting, Uh, He notices a juggler, like, grinding his teeth as though he hated the people who were tossing coins into his hat. Can you imagine how awkward that is if you're not one of those people with that face? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, hi. It's like, never mind. Um, So they make their way to an inn called Easing the Badger, which I guess is just a sex inn. And inside... (laughs) 
Inside, there's a girl singing, and she is singing body songs. So maybe that's why easing the badger. Maybe it's a little bit of a nudge, nudge, a wink, wink. Innuendo. Who knows? It's like yeah. a bathhouse. Yeah, or like a little <laughs> brothely type place. Who knows? Um, so Perrin is blushing because the song is so body, and Zareen comments, Why, farm boy, I did not think I ever knew a man your age who could still blush. And he gr- glares at her and thinks to himself, This bloody woman has me jumping before I can think. So the innkeeper recognizes Moraine as Mistress Mari, and she tells a little bit about how the city has gotten kind of rowdy, a little bit more dangerous, there's been more fights, and Moraine asks her, has there been anything new, anything unusual that's been happening? And the innkeeper's like, no, not really. Well, I mean, Lord Bren's ascension to the Council of Nine has been kind of unusual. I don't know if you remember Lord Bren was the guy that the boat captain on Matt's boat kept talking about like Lord Brand. Do you no, that? I don't. Yeah, he was like, Lord Bren says this, Lord Bren says that, Lord Bren says we should kill all the Aes Sedai, like da 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 da. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Uh the innkeeper says she had never heard Lord Bren's name before this winter, but he came to the city and was raised to the council within a week. And she says that it said all all the nine follow his lead. She also says that she sometimes has strange dreams about him. And Maureen's like, tell me more about that. What kind of dreams? She's like, oh, foolish ones, him in strange places, him walking over, over bridges, hanging in the air. And I have them almost every night. And she also says, like, her friend who works at the inn has had the same dreams, but she's like, it's just foolishness. And Perrin, at this point, notices that Maureen is frightened. And he's like, oh, God, like, I, this is way worse than when she's angry. I do not want her to be frightened. <laughs> what does that mean? So Maureen is like, uh, what ships are sailing for Tyr in the morning? Because we have to be off first thing. Uh, before, but I have some things I have to take care of this evening. And the innkeeper says that the Nine have forbidden any ships to sail to Tyr and any ships from Tyr to sail into Ilion. So Moraine's like, great, give us our rooms and then we're going to have dinner. And Perrin thinks about how if Moraine had sounded afraid before, it was nothing to when she said that something she had to do something tonight. And RJ writes, he had smelled a scent of fear that steamed from her as from a woman announcing that she was going to stick her hand in a hornet's nest and crush them with her bare fingers. Perrin thinks, if Moraine is afraid, I should be terrified. Oh, God. So they make I their agree. way. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So they, you know, drop off their stuff in their rooms and make their way downstairs to have dinner. And Ilion, being a coastal fishing city, uh, you know, there's a lot of fish dishes. And Zareen is like, I hate fish. Ew. (laughs) And Maureen says, eat. Remember that any meal can be your last. You chose to travel with us, so tonight you will eat fish. Tomorrow, you may die. (laughs) It's just very Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Perrin, on the other hand, loves the fish. And he is like chomping down, loving his life. And he's like thinking to himself, eat your nasty fish, Falcon. (laughs) Petty. I love fish. It, I do. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of fish growing up. My mom hates fish, so we didn't like eat fish a lot, uh, but I like it now. Yeah. Um, Zareen asks Moraine, like, what's wrong? I can tell you're all kind of on edge. And Moraine sharply responds, no questions. You will know what I tell you and no more. And Zareen is like, okay, then what will you tell me? And Moraine smiles and says, eat your fish. <laughs> 
<laughs> no one outsasses Moraine, and it's my favorite. Yeah, she's really on one. Yes. Um, Perrin starts to smell something vile that kind of like raises the hackles on the back of his neck. And I can't really tell this in a way that builds the suspense in the way that RJ writes it. But Perrin kind of like takes survey of the room and he's like, people cooking, the girl singing, some men walking towards us, da 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 da. And then he's like, kind of thinking again, then he goes, wait a minute, men walking towards us. And he looks at them again and notices that they all have knives and realizes it's a pack of gray men. So he shouts, they have knives. He throws the cheese board at them. (laughs) And Lan, you know, leaps forward with his sword. Moraine throws a fireball. Perrin, in what I imagine is like the most panty-dropping move I could see, is he just rips apart a chair with his bare hands and starts clubbing them with like the back of a chair. Uh, Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) The Gray Men, though, Perrin kind of notes that they're treating everyone else like Moraine and Lan as obstacles and that they're trying clearly trying to get to Perrin. They manage to kill or incapacitate all the gray men. And Moraine looks at Perrin and says, Gray men, and after you. And she strides toward the front door, and Lan asks her if she means to go without him, and she says, You have always known there were some dangers you are not equipped to handle. I must go alone. And she tells Lan that if she does not return, he will be compelled to return to the White Tower and must take Perrin with him. She says, Rand is so strongly to Varen that I ignored what it must mean that he had two others close by him. With Perrin and Matt, the Amerlin may still be able to affect the course of events. Lan says, You speak as if you are already dead. And she replies, The wheel weaves as the wheel wills, and the shadow darkens the world. Mm-hmm. Heed me, Lan, and obey as you swore to. And she heads out the door. Oh, there's another one of those lines. Shadow darkens the world. Mm. Light obliterates everything. <laughs> Pain yeah. annihilated the annihilated the world. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What's going on? I'm really curious to see what. Well, you know, the gray men. After all of them, it doesn't wildly surprise me. Um, yeah. Since they were they've been after Matt, I assumed Perrin would be you know number two since he's also encountered Landfear now. Um, yeah. And, and Perrin and Matt has or uh, Rand in the couple little snippets we've seen has had gray men and dark friends after him too. Yeah. So I feel like that part isn't surprising. I'm wondering what Maureen meant when she said that with Matt and Perrin, the Amerlin might still be able to affect the pattern. Mm. Hmm. And I love that Fayil's part of the gang now. For mm-hmm. now. And isn't this the inn? I feel like we've been at this inn before. The, now that no. we're saying the name of it, I feel like, isn't this where that fisherman guy was that we... Bailed him on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh. his name. Wasn't he here in a chapter? That's a good question. Let me look that up really fast. Because the more we said, like, easing the badger, I was like, have we made this joke before? <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think back who would have been at this at this inn, Your but I don't know. Good right. memory. It is the same inn in the second book where Bailed him on is... What did he do here? He was here though, right? Mm-hmm. He was, he was, tr- they tried to kill him because he like supposedly had oh, something valuable. I and remember. so he set sail. Yeah. This is where he meets those guys, right? That are like, yes. oh, okay. And you know what else? Now that I'm saying it, I remember mm-hmm. the innkeeper and that guy. I think that guy is her son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Good memory. Mm-hmm. Do, what do you think Maureen is off to do? <sighs> I feel like she must be on her way to the Stone of Tear. Okay. Because I feel like she's like, okay, the Gray Men are after um, Perrin now, and that must mean that things have accelerated, I think. 
So mm. she's like, you go handle telling the Amerlin this so she can do whatever she needs to do to move on with the plan in her way. And I'm just going to go right to Tyr and try to intercept what's going on there. That's my that's Do you my think they're, they're parting ways at this point? I don't think it's forever. Okay. You know, but I think that Moraine sincerely believes that it might be. But I, I don't think we're going to... If we lose Moraine or Lan in this book... Oh, it's going to be just like Ares from Final Fantasy VII. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> After you spent all that time getting her all of her magic. But yeah, I, I don't think it's the end for them. But I think she sincerely believes it might be. Did you look ahead to see what, what's coming up at all? No. Who do you think we're going to? I'm going to guess that we're at least going to do one more chapter with them. Because this is okay. too much has happened. Yeah, you know, to first just I would be really annoyed actually if we jumped away <laughs> right now. But uh, I wonder if we'll. I bet one chapter with this group, and then the next chapter or the other chapter will be with the girls again. Okay. Um, what was your favorite part of these chapters? I absolutely loved the interaction between Zareen and Moraine. Yeah, it's pretty great. Loved. Just the sass between the two of them. I really think it's especially character building for Zareen Fayil because <laughs> you just see how important it is for her to appear independent and strong, you know? Yes. That's my favorite part. What about you? I really, I think Eat Your Fish is <gasps> my favorite moment of these two chapters because it's just, she answers, she's like, what will you tell me? So she does respond to that but in the pettiest way I can imagine. And I just adore that. I love, love, love when Moraine is intentionally sassy. It's my favorite thing. It's so good. And I I really want to know more about the petty palace over there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of Zareen, like, knowing things about Ilion? Well, she said that she came here to take her oath, right? Yeah. I don't know. I There's got to be a lot of backstory with this character. I, she's a young girl completely on her own as a hunter mm -hmm. of the horn, and she doesn't seem to be motivated by anything other than her own passion for it for no reason yet. Right. So I just think there's so much more we don't know about her yet to, like, that's to come, I guess. And I feel like you have periodically sometimes like really trusted an, a character when you first meet them and sometimes like really found a character suspicious. Where are you landing with her? Initially, I was giving her the Tom treatment a little bit. Okay. Like, I don't trust you even though you seem good. Yeah. And also, it's hard whenever they, sh they say a character has dark hair and is pretty. I'm like, mm. are you fucking Lanfear? <laughs> are you Lanfear, you maniac? So I have, <laughs> I had a little bit of that suspicion secretly at the beginning, but I kind of feel like she is like Tom. I think she's just a an enigma. There's more to her story, but I think she's ultimately either good or neutral, you know? Okay. Okay, cool. Well, did you know that for $0 a month, you can support our podcast simply by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this episode? Also, the best way for other people to find our podcast is through word of mouth. So tell a friend, post about us on Reddit, find other ways to spread the word. Our social media is Cool Story Pod on Instagram and Cool Story Pod 1 on Twitter. And you can email us at coolstorypod at gmail.com. We love getting emails. So send us anything, even just a note to say hi. Oh, and based on when this episode comes out, uh, random, but happy Pride Month, everybody. 
Oh, yay. Happy Pride Month. And thank you so much for listening to Cool Story. We'll see you next week. Bye.